This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, goal! Oh, hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Hey! Here's Chris Townsend. You know, I got to tell you, I know we talk a lot about how nice it is out here at the Coliseum. Uh, Take a seat. Take a seat. Take a seat. You really, if you haven't been out here, and I understand we talk about crowds and we talk about all this other stuff and, you know, whether people are coming out or not. I'm just going to tell you, as someone that comes out here every single day, as well as the voice of summer, the voice of your Oakland Athletics, Ken Korak, Uh, joins us I can't remember the last time our weather was actually this good we haven't seen a cloud in about two months out here Chris right you come out it's great every day it's perfect it's not hot no it's It's a little uh, warm we're very I've I've always kind of felt that way because if you travel quite a bit around the league and you go to some of these places in the summertime, especially like Kansas City or St. Louis, where it's, oh, you know. You a, couldn't wear that I've shirt. Been, no, I've been in Baltimore when it was 100 degrees and 100% humidity. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> it's I mean, like taking a shower. When you leave the yeah, hotel, it feels like you've just taken a shower. You'd be drenched in that shirt right yeah, now. So I've always thought this was fabulous. Yeah. I mean, it's one reason why I, I love living up here, man. It's great. Well, the Yankees. And I think that, that a lot of, you know, I talk to our coach, as you do a yeah. lot, and they come, they come out early and the players get their work done, and you, you always know you're going to play, and you always know you've got a chance to go out and get some extra work in. You're not worried about thunderstorms in the afternoon and stuff like that, too. Well, you always see, especially the guys with the other teams, they come out here and it's like they're in, like, muscle shirts, shorts. They're like, oh, this is great. I yeah. mean, that's why Jesse Winker was here with the Seattle Mariners you know, he played in Cincinnati all those years, which in the summertime, my God. And, and they're like, he's like, I love this place. I mean, they love being outside. Uh, you know, every single venue in baseball should have a roof other than the California teams. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, real, I mean, no offense to the historic stadiums or anything, but they should have a roof. But that's why players love coming here because, as you said, it's like this is perfect. Yeah, and the, there were there have been years where the marine layer was in earlier at night and it was cooler at night, and some of the new guys would go, God, does it ever get warm here? When does summer start? And I said, get to the postseason. 
and start playing October baseball Perfect. out here, and it's going to be fabulous. You know, the Yankees come to town, and I did this for my hit on NBC today, is I want to remind everybody, when we saw them last, they were high rolling. You're talking 15-and-a-half game lead. Everybody's talking about they could set the record for most wins. They're on this crazy pace. No one can beat them. They're this juggernaut. And you can't see the scoreboard behind us, but there is a final already in baseball today. That is Tampa beating Anaheim already, and the lead is cut all the way to seven. Tampa swept four against the Angels, so they caught the the Angels are scuffling, as you know, and they have for several months now. The, the way I look at it, too, is that if you look at the Yankees, the bottom of the order, last three or four guys, now they're getting Stanton back. So that lengthens their lineup, Chris, but... I'm not saying they're easy to pitch to because they've hit a ton of home runs. It starts with Judge. But last three or four guys in their lineup and over the last three or four weeks just haven't been producing a whole lot. I also think this, Chris, that there's no way they were going to sustain what they did. Like they were, their record for 60 games was incredible. For the next 60, it was mediocre. It was like, I'm, what was it, like 29 and 31, something, something like that. So there was no way they were going to sustain the record that they had going for the first 60 games. And that's one of the great things about playing 162. And that is that you, yes. kind, of, you kind of are who you are at the end. So to, they're, they're, I think they've, they've corrected back to probably the record that is more reflective of the team they have, which is still a great club that's in first place by seven games. But they weren't going to keep the pace up that they were playing at earlier in the year. You know, it doesn't matter which sport. One thing I know that fans and people, uh, talk show people have talked about, ah, we got to reduce the games in baseball. Football plays too much. College football plays too much. NBA hockey. But the reality is in all these long seasons, I mean, football for their sport now plays an extra game. It's a long season. You know, it's whether it's NFL or it's baseball, you see a team's warts by the end of the year. Everybody's got got warts. And you truly, in a long season, whatever your sport is, you get exposed. You do, and you get exposed if you don't have depth because how many teams get through the whole year, get through six months without having guys hurt or Nobody. slumping or sending somebody down? So it tests the, the entirety of your organization too, Chris, especially when you get into August. And, like, the A's are playing 17 straight games right now. So – uh, it can be a war of attrition, and I think all of that goes into the kind of the beauty of the story that's told every day in baseball. I, I think it's I, – I still – I mean, it's a long season. Don't get me wrong, but it does identify the best teams, I think, at the end. Yeah, I've thought about recently, you know, because people have been asking me questions. I've been thinking about what we do, and we really do three different shows a day. It's three shows. You may think they're all the same, but – A's Cast Live is more of a talk show about the A's and all Major League Baseball. A's Total Access is a pregame show. We get you ready for the game. Mm -hmm. And then um, the postgame show, A's Clubhouse show, is a complaint line. <laughs> it's a postgame <laughs> show. 1-800-VENT-TO-ME. I'm Chris Townsend. It's a, but, but all three shows are different. And right. so when you do it for 17 straight days, but – it's the beauty of our sport, right? The players mm -hmm. are grinding it. You got to come up with everything you got to come up with every single day. That's part of our grind and also what we love about it. It's kind of a it's it, I'm oddly attracted to the rhythm of it. And I think one of the things that when I started a thousand years ago, 
And I did my first full season in the minor leagues, which was 1984. And you're playing almost every, literally almost every day in the minor leagues. You might have four or five days off in five months. That it was tough. I mean, that adjustment was tough to get yourself focused and ready and, and geared up to do what we do every day. But as the years have gone on, I kind of found it kind of oddly attractive. Like you're attracted to the rhythm because you know that the baseball season has a rhythm to it. And if you don't get on board with it, you have no chance. And you can't fight it. Right? I'm sure you go through this. There are days when you're tired or maybe yeah. you just kind of don't feel that, you know, excited about going to the ballpark. That but then you're for the pregame but show. Then, <laughs> but, then, but then I think the, your routine kicks in, yeah. right? And there are worse places to be. Like you were stuck, you know, we're sitting here, the grass is green, the sun's shining, and the A's are, are taking BP. So I think reminding yourself this is still, it's still pretty cool coming out here. And I think if you try to fight the rhythm of it, because you're going to have, you know, it's going to be a little up and down. I think for all of us who work in the game, you can't fight it. You just have to let it flow. You know, the reality is the A's have done well against the Yankees since 2017 here. And it's easier said than done. But, yeah, if you keep them in the yard, they've only won 10 games this year. Out of their, what, 70, what, they've won 70, 76 wins only 10 of them have come when they haven't hit a home run. So if you keep them in the ballpark, they're way under 500 in games they don't have. The same thing with the A's, right? The A's don't score unless they homer. I don't bring that up, Ken. I'm only <laughs> talking about the Yankees. Because the A's haven't homered on this homestand, right, <laughs> pal? That's six games. That yeah, so Yesterday's gotta, game was flying at an incredible know. clip. was yeah. unreal. But they're 2-0 and in the 10th inning on the homestand so far, right, in extra frames with a placed runner, which you love. And Kotze loves it. Uh, he's a big fan of the placed runner. And I think it bullpens are always really – bullpens are huge when you get late into a close game. But I think even more so and when you have a weapon like a puck in the 10th inning because you don't want runners to advance. You don't want the guy going with second and third. You don't want a sack fly like the A's won the game on a sack fly. When you have a strikeout pitcher in the game in the 10th inning like the A's had with puck, it gives you a huge advantage, and we saw that yesterday with Puck on the mound. And of the three outs he got in the 10th, two were on strikeouts, and that's big. Well, David Force, I, I told him. I, I went through this whole thing to butter him up and then asked him about – Oh, guys. I heard the whole thing about the pitchers not getting deep did, in the game. Did you games. see how no, I went I know, Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I mean I, – I, I threw a little football and basketball No, he was ready to go at it with you there. Yeah. I mean – No, yeah. no, it's not happening. Okay, but then Puck becomes – puck becomes way more valuable like this position of a guy like you said whether it's the 10th or you gotta i need a guy to get me through six seven puck i and i think it was you said to me yesterday that you think this is his role going forward i think so i'm, I'm not sure and, and i don't think they're closing the book on it and i'd love to see him succeed as a starter i kind of think that a, a valuable starter is more valuable than a valuable reliever if that makes any sense but it, this, it may be that, that the role is telling the team where he's best suited and that this is by far now. He's been healthy all year too, Chris, but maybe this is where, this is, this is where he's best because he's thriving in that role uh, right now. I will say this. I think if you have a club that's winning a lot, Chris, a contending team, you have to have two or three starters that can go deep into games. You can't have five guys that only go five innings, right? I mean, the really good teams have starting pitchers that can get you deep because if you're winning a lot, it's not a sustainable model 
to go to your bullpen and your top pitchers every day in the sixth inning. You can't do that. So if the A's get to that point where they're contending again, and we hope that that's that sooner than later, you're going to have some guys that are going to have to give you six and seven at, at least uh, more often than not. And that leads us to uh, what we're going to be honoring this week and the 2002 team when you talk about having starters, having starters who vibe off of each other, and it's just not Hudson, Mulder, Zito. Corey Lytle was a huge part during the 20-game losing uh, winning streak as everybody starts feeding off of each other. When you look back, and I know we're mm-hmm. going to have Billy Bean on tomorrow to talk about and look back on that year, just think about what you thought about at the beginning of the year, spring training, and just how that year was for you and looking back on well, that. Well, parenthetically, the 10th game, I think, of the streak was in Detroit, the 10th or 11th game, and Hudson threw a complete game shutout in that game. And Corey Lotto was the pitcher of the month for two months. So those guys were lights out. Well, they did a movie about the season, right, yeah. Chris? Yeah. A nice I mean, little book, were, too. Yeah, there were a lot of question marks. Obviously, we all kind of felt that because Giambi was gone and Izzy was gone and Johnny Damon was gone and what kind of club would they have? And they just took off. And, of course, they still had the big three and you still had Xavi and, uh, and Tejada, you know, on the, on the left side of the infield, Chris. And that was – they still had a pretty good nucle- nucleus of, of talent. And, like we said, the addition of, of Lytle was huge, the, the late Corey Lytle. Yeah. And then Billy Koch. Billy Koch wanted the ball every day. You know, during the streak, I don't know how many games he pitched. It seemed like he pitched every day, but he was a workhorse. So uh, David Justice helped the club. So they – they um, another year where you just – I've always felt that it would have been – if those clubs had been able to advance and maybe even get to a World Series during that – that stretch of four straight years going to the postseason, it would have validated how good they were. And unfortunately, you know, they lost in the fifth game in the division series every year beginning in 2000. The reality is, too, is, and kind of reliving now some of those moments in this documentary about Derek Jeter, the captain on ESPN, the 30 for 30, is that the A's were fantastic, but there were some really good teams during that time. So it was a great era of baseball where Yankees, you know, the Red Sox were about to break the curse of the Bambino coming up. I mean, you had some really good ball clubs. So it's like the A's, yes, the tragedy of the game five, whatever. But, you know, they're going up against some monster teams, some great players and Hall of Famers. Yankees in 2000 and 2001. The Twins had a good team in 02. And then when the A's had to come back because they played the third and fourth games at Fenway in 03, they had to come back here to the Coliseum for the fifth game, and that was Pedro. Against Zito. Derek Lowe closed so, that out, right? Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, and the A's had a shot in the ninth inning and another tough loss. But, no, they they did. They they It was a it was a great time in the American League for quality teams, kind of sadly for the A's. Uh, but still, those clubs, I think people realize uh, truly how good they were. At what point in the streak did you go, hey, wait, 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 we've got, a, we got something going here? Well, I think when you they were on that road trip and they – when they swept the Tigers for, I don't remember if it was the 12th straight game, I think. It was about four straight against Yeah, them? I think so, yeah. The, the, the thing that it was, was Cleveland, then Cleveland, Detroit. then Detroit. The thing that people forget about that streak is that the A's had a day off after the trip on a Thursday. 
And then they won the 16th game on a Friday. 17-18 was a Sunday. Tejada's home run. 19 was was, uh, Labor Day on the Monday. The day off was Tuesday. And then the 20th game was on a Wednesday night. What people don't remember is that there was a threat, a serious threat of a work stoppage. The relations between the players and the owners had gotten to a point where a lot of us were thinking, myself included, that this streak that they had going when they came back off that trip might be a footnote in history because they did we didn't know that the season was going to continue and not be interrupted on that Friday night uh, when Minnesota came in until we got a call. I was literally on the golf I was on the golf course with Art Howe. No. On that. No. You know what? I don't believe this. I, I no. You I was, were on the golf course? We were Art Howe and I were playing golf on Thursday afternoon on the day off before the 16th game and he got a call I think from Billy. I'm not someone in the front office, I think it was Billy, called Art and said we're playing tomorrow. They worked it out. There's no work stoppage. And that was like this incredible, like, relief. Yeah. Relief, yeah. That, that, because we, I wasn't sure that, in fact, I think on my, my coda to the call of the 16th win was a celebration of baseball at the Coliseum because we didn't know if there was going to be baseball on that Friday night. So Billy Bean is going to join us tomorrow. We're Ask gonna... him about that, if it was Billy who called Art that day. Okay, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I'll get that, no doubt. I mean, that'll be interesting, right? Because we want to like, we want to go through O2 with him and and what it was like. <laughs> speaking of golf, <laughs> speaking of golf, <laughs> the great. You, are you, of course, I've been playing. How are you doing? The great Josh Donaldson. This guy's one of our all-time favorites. Obviously, man. Yeah. And Tony, you're the best. Go for it, you guys. How are you? Oh, hanging in there, hanging in there, brother. You know what, man? I got to tell you, it, it's so interesting when you think about coming back here and how much this place loves you and how yeah. much you love it. Yeah, I mean, this is where this is where I came up. This is where it all started for me. So uh, it's always nice to get back in the bay. Well, you know, I was telling you a story. We were doing. Uh, our favorite A's. <laughs> and I was doing this whole thing. Who's your favorite A? And, you know, everybody, Ricky, da, 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 da. We're doing favorite A's. And then it gets to me. And everybody's like, oh, who's his favorite? I go, who's my favorite A? No questions, Josh Donaldson. JD's my guy. <laughs> and on the phone, oh, waiting is David Forrest. Oh, shit. The, the GM. And we bring him on. Go, David, hey, who's your guy? And he goes, Josh Donaldson is your favorite A. I'm like, you got to realize that's my guy, Josh. <laughs> and it just, your time here was so interesting because there was greatness. There was some animosity. There was, yeah. a, it was just, but it, it still is such, when you look back on it, what, no matter what happened, such a good time because you guys won some big games. There were some huge games that we played here that, were, you know, uh, 2012 is still one of the craziest years. I think people will talk about it to where we won the division the last day of the season. I think we came back from, uh, I think it was like 11 and a half down at 13, the break. 13, something like that. Yeah, something ridiculous yeah. at the All-Star break. And to, to come back and, you know, sweep the Rangers for that entire series to win the division was, it was pretty, it was improbable, but kind of symbolized our story for like that entire season to where we got knocked down a lot. 
early on and we were able to fight back and crawl and uh, you know we really had some guys establish themselves for the years coming after that uh, which was which was awesome. You remember how loud and rocking this was place <laughs> 12 and 13 against the Tigers? Yeah man it was uh, you got the drums you got to you know the Oakland fans going crazy and remember it was a sellout and they were trying to get the tarps removed and to have everybody come here and it was nuts uh, for sure one of the louder places in, in the playoffs that I've experienced. So how are things going for you now? You know, just living. We're about to have a baby uh, come out, uh, number two come out in probably about a week or, or really any day now we could get the call. Uh, so excited about that and excited about, uh, you know, the rest of the season. we got a good team over here in New York and um, starting to play a little bit better baseball. Hopefully, you know, we can keep that going. You know, that's the one thing when the A's were back in New York, the expectations were that the Yankees were just going to never lose and never go through yeah. a downtime and that you guys were going to win more games than anybody else. You're like, at some point there's going to be – it's a roller coaster ride. I know. I know. And then, you know, so at some point you know that there's going to be a down period. But now the big question is how do you get back to that going up the roller coaster? Yeah, I mean, I think throughout the year, uh, you know, to that point when we played you guys, we've been relatively healthy all year long. We've we've had we've taken a few uh, bumps and bruises. We lost a couple key pieces to our bullpen. Um, was able to uh, ma obviously make a trade with you guys and you know to bring Frankie in and um, bring Lou in, who uh, you know Lou's looked really nice the last couple outings out there, and you know to be able to get some other pieces in there that. Um, are playing a significant role for us and, and getting guys back on track in the bullpen that maybe had missed a little time earlier or uh, didn't start off great, they're you know starting to pitch better. I just look at you in Yankee gear. <laughs> it's I, like, yeah. I, when you first put it on, yeah. how did you feel? I don't know. I, I didn't know. You battled these guys for years. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> you know, not only for the A's, but, you know, playing in Toronto for, yeah. for so long. and. Uh, but I knew the opportunity. It was going to be a great opportunity. Uh, so did I ever see myself putting the Yankee uniform on? I, you know, I'd, probably not. I didn't think that. But it was an opportunity where I felt like, um, uh, you know, once I got that, I was looking forward to it. I can tell you, I was. I remember doing, you know, this talk show when when you got traded, and it was just like, oh God, it was the worst. And I said, watch. He's going to go there, and he's going to flourish. That place is a bandbox, all those ballparks in the NL East. AL. And uh, AL East said, all you did was go on and not only win an MVP, yeah. you got the most votes for the All-Star yeah. game. Yeah. Just what was Toronto like for you after you left here? Uh, you know, Toronto, coming into that time, Toronto as an organization, it had been a little while since they won. And, um, you know, being able to go to – you know, win the division, that was uh, something that hadn't been accomplished, I think, in like 22, 23 years. And obviously coming from the A's, we won the division twice, and then uh, we probably should have won the division in 14, and kind of some crazy stuff happened where we had a bunch of injuries the second half, and we backed into the wild card game and probably played one of the, you know, craziest wild card games, in my opinion, to, uh, where we had that game kind of on lock, and then it fell apart. Um, Going into 15, we were a 500 ball club going into the All-Star break, and we had guys doing their thing in the All-Star break. But I remember when we made the trades uh, for David Price and Troy Tulowitzki and added some arms in the bullpen, and they get Marcus Strobe back in September. Like, 
that place was crazy. Like every it was, the city was a buzz, and you know we knew every every time we took the field that we were probably going to win the game. That's what we felt like, and that was a kind of a surreal moment for me going into that clubhouse and seeing like now you had names like in there that had had big time success with Tulo, with David Price, uh, Joey Bats, Edwin Carcion. Uh, now you're just looking around, you're like, holy crap, this kind of feels like an all-star team a little bit. And uh, to where when I was at Oakland, we had dudes that made the all-star team, but were more kind of right, known as grinders versus like that type of like superstar. It was star. a different scenario. Yeah, right, right. But you had a bunch of dudes at 14, you guys all went together. Yeah, we had seven guys make it, and I think that was a quality of how good our, our ball team was. And um, but you, you just had like multi-time all-stars, like so many of those guys in, in that lineup and in that clubhouse. What was that like when you got the most votes for the all-star game? You literally had the country of Canada behind you. It's one thing like, you know, whether you played here or Minnesota or Atlanta yeah. or whatever, you have yeah. a town behind you. Yeah. You had a whole country behind yeah, you. Yeah, I mean – First off, Toronto is the third largest city in North America. I, th I don't think people realize that. And uh, then on top of that, you have the uh, you know the country of Canada that's behind you, and it's uh, you know the love and support and you, you know truly I like, in Toronto they love athletes and they want to have want you to have success and to have those people behind you was it was, it was great and to to lead the whole star game in bullets was kind of a surreal moment for me. I know, it's crazy. I remember just going, wow, that's mm. a whole different ball game. Uh, for you, at this point, you got the big contract, got the MVP. Mm -hmm. Is it now just, it's all just about winning a World Series? Yeah, I mean, for me, that's the only thing that I really, I've, I've went to the playoffs numerous times, been in, you know, several ALCS games, and haven't quite got there yet and hadn't quite finished it off. And obviously that's going to be something that's important to me. And uh, we feel like we have a good opportunity to accomplish that. Obviously we're going to need some breaks to go our way. And when it comes to that time and, um, you know, that's, that's, that's when it starts getting really fun. I miss having you on the talk show talking college football. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, uh, I mean, think about it. Think how crazy, okay, in your world of War Eagle and the SEC, mm -hmm. USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten. I mean, the, the whole landscape of college football is so out of whack right now. Texas and Oklahoma going to be in the SEC? Uh, yeah, I, I hope – I don't know if they're going to, but I hope they just completely redo the divisions for the SEC uh, with all the new teams and stuff they have. They need to have a realignment for the West and the East uh, because there's no reason really where, why Alabama and Auburn should be in the same – division now you could still play every year and have that the rivalry game the iron bowl you have that but you know now to have texas oklahoma to where you could kind of put those pieces one piece on each side or or maybe have it i don't know i think it just needs to be realigned with all the new teams and it, it kind of the outlook uh, of college football is wilder than ever and you know with the nil deals and you know there's just so much money that's being made and that's what you know obviously what everybody's trying to do i mean you were living in it not that long ago mm -hmm. i mean did you ever think you could see something like this while you were at auburn that the sec i mean the sec is basically a pro league now no the doubt. way the, the money they're making the television contracts they're they're essentially the facilities a pro the facilities that these guys have now and 
you know, what they have on tap there to access. And, you know, for me, like football guys, especially <laughs> these college guys, I mean, they're literally putting their lives on the line. It's, they're one hit away to where they might not play again. So if they need to make a little cash, like for all the money they're bringing in, I'm all for that. Man, it's great to see you. I know you're busy. I appreciate you stopping yeah, by. Yeah. I've always said it. I've never, no matter what, you've been my guy. Uh, what you did for me in those times when the A's were coming up and what you did for me on the talk show, one of my favorite stories ever was you were going back to Sacramento <laughs> and you called up. My, my call screen was like, this guy says he's Josh Donaldson, that he, yeah. he knows you. And I'm like, yeah, it's J.D., bring yeah. him on. I mean, th those are the – it was so innocent. It was so different, yeah. and it was so fun. Yeah, that was – I should tell one of my homeboys, he's from around here, he came over last night. We were chatting, and I was told we were going over that story again. I was like, man, I'm like <laughs> – I remember I just got sitting down at AAA, and I was listening to you guys on the show, and I'm like, yeah, Josh Donaldson just sent down. Luke Hughes uh, picked up off waivers, and – I'm like, I'm going to call him, man. I called it, and I'm like, hey, I know I just got sent down, but this isn't the last time you've, you've seen me. And I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. And that's just always what I've – I wanted to – partly that was me holding myself accountable for that as well. And like, hey, I'm, this isn't the end, you know. Are we going to see you back at the AT&T anytime soon? Uh, I don't know. I'm on the East Coast, and it's tough – for me to get it's back Pebble out there. Beach, come on. Yeah, well, the last time I played there, I made the cut, and they said they were going to whack some, whack, take one of my uh, strokes away. And I'm like, I'm going against guys that are getting 15 shots around, <laughs> and I'm going to have to shoot eight under on my own ball just to have a chance. And, you know, I'm not doing it. Yeah, those CEOs get a lot of strokes out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to figure that out. <laughs> if I could figure that out, I'd be out there. But, you know, they're giving me two shots around, and these guys are getting 15. That's kind of it's hard to compete against. Well, you know, always here. Yeah, We're always going to love you, man. 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 Around the A's, you're always going to be family to us. I appreciate you. This is where it started, and, you know, always do. I always appreciate getting back. Good luck the rest right. of the way. Thanks, man. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. What a day today. Kent Korak stopped by, Josh Donaldson, our old friend, and now Cole Irvin joins us here on A's Cast Live after a fantastic performance yesterday. Thank you. Absolutely dealing. And I know you look at numbers. Um, the... Uh, 
four-seam fastball for you is just a weapon. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the primary fastball. Um, you know, the, the sinker is a secondary fastball. <laughs> I, I've been treating it more of a, as a secondary pitch this season, so – um, and even more so lately. So it's uh, it's been kind of fun to think think through how I want to use a sinker in a lineup um, in the same respect as a changeup and and curveball. So it's kind of, it's been kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, you think about a fastball now. Everybody is so consumed with velocity that I looked at your highest fastball. I think was ni- you were like a radio station. It was ninety four point one, and then you averaged ninety one point four or something like that. So it just goes to show location, location, location. You don't have to throw hundred miles an hour to get people to swing and miss. No, you you don't. And, and like something that I, I preach when I coach in the off season and, and coach young players is, you know, if you focus on your development about throwing strikes and the quality of strike you throw it doesn't matter how hard you throw later in later in life when you're you know my size and and throwing hard uh, you're going to be able to locate when you need to and that's to me is the most important thing um, for any pitcher to learn how to do when they're at a young age is is locate Um, not the spin not the speed it's it's just locate and um, a lot of young players can, can, can learn a lot about pitching if, you, if they just focus on locating. You think about when you came over from Philly, mentally where you were then and mentally where you are now, mm-hmm. what's the major difference? Uh, I, think, I think it's simple. It's just confidence that I'm a big leaguer. <laughs> uh, the confidence that, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to get the rock every fifth day. Um, and knowing that this is my role, this is my job um, to to get deep into ball games and and give our team a chance to win. Um, that's always exciting, and and that's how I've been um, coming up through the minor leagues and and even going back to my college days. I've just always been an innings eater. Um, I've always liked <laughs> like taking the ball every fifth day. Um, so I think just the confidence in getting those reps and understanding how to work through um, big league lineups is is, is important. Um, and, and I've learned a lot over these past two seasons so far here in the uh, Oakland A uniform, and, and I'm loving every bit of it. And you're having a good time. <laughs> Always. Now, sometimes you feel Always. like guys are grinding. It's great. We want to hear about the grind, and it's the dog days of summer, and we're playing 17 straight. But the thing that I can tell about you is, man, enjoy life. You're having fun with this. You're the big leaguer. This is my job. I get to throw baseball at a hitter every fifth day, um, and I try not to take that for granted. Um, so, you know, I have, you know, these little things, these small things uh, that I do. And, you know, before every inning, you know, or before the game starts, when, when whoever's playing third base throws me the ball, I say, hey, let's go. Let's have some fun today. Um, and then I look over to whoever's playing first base and I say, hey, you and me talking to ball over here. You know, just just small communication to remind myself, like, we're playing a game. We're having fun. We're doing it um, as a group together. And um, those things that those, – those are the things that I enjoy is being able to interact with teammates and celebrate the small plays that they make behind me. And, um, I mean, even talking about – you know, talking with Shay to, today, I, I was extremely impressed with how he – um, game planned uh, for yesterday and and just the maturity he has to to be able to break down hitters and and um, those small things I just appreciate a lot about what it takes to be a big leaguer and 
um, you know, we got a lot of good good ball players in this clubhouse. Yeah, we've been talking about the new company that's come to Oakland, Sears and Langoliers. And I'm like, you know, it sounds like you could get like a dishwasher or a fridge or it's a microwave. It's an episode of Home Improvement. Yeah, Sears and Langoliers. <laughs> this Memorial Day, you come to Sears and Langoliers. I, I can't get that off my mind. I'm like, I want to do a spoof commercial. I think it's going to be hilarious. Uh, yeah, but you see a lot. I mean, all of a sudden the kid comes up, and, I mean, it's like double, 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 home run, double. He's worked one base hit in there, a bunch of extra base hits, and you see his athleticism. And then, you know, for a guy, I mean, he doesn't look like he's got great speed, but he's got really good speed. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Doesn't act like a rookie, doesn't look like a rookie, doesn't perform no, like a rookie. Know. What have you seen? I think he's he's just been a great addition to the clubhouse. Uh, I mean, just his transitions when he's throwing guys out, um, whether whether they're, the calls are close or not, I mean, he makes every play look like it's an out. Um, <laughs> throwing runners, throwing out runners at second base. Um, but I, like I said, I think there's a lot that he's he's brought to the table, and, and he shows his maturity as a catcher, as a young player. And uh, you know, I know quite a few people in the in the Braves organization that were raving about him. Um, and and so I'm excited to be able to play with him and and uh, you know help him with what I can. But you know, he's 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 mature enough that I can learn some things from him too, um, just in terms of you know what he's seeing from hitters and. You know, there was a laughing moment in the dugout. I think it was like the third inning or something, and we both look at each other. We're like, "Do we have to throw inside today?" Because the whole day, I felt like we didn't throw inside maybe once, maybe twice, um, and we just both laughed at each other. We're like, "We're gonna stick with this," and we just and we did. And it was just one of those days where uh, the battery is working well together. And um, you know, it's, he's just a a great, great kid. He's wanting to learn. He's wanting to work for his pitchers, and it's uh, you. You always love and throw into a guy that that wants to work for you. Do you mind if I speak for both of us? Absolutely. You shouldn't have come out of yesterday's game. You should have stayed in the game. If not complete the game, you should have gotten the win. If you didn't get taken out of the game, we wouldn't have gone to extra innings and the ball game would have been over and you would have a W. So for all the people that say wins don't matter for starting pitchers, I completely disagree with you. <laughs> okay. What, so. what matters is is the team got the win at the end of the day and we have a happy clubhouse. That's all I care uh, about. Yeah. That's a, as, but as, as I'm speaking for both of us, <laughs> I would have got the victory if I would have been taken out, but I'm a team guy and that all that yeah, matters. But yeah. you know what, for you, um, you, you want to be known as that guy that can go start to finish. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that's how I. That's how my mentality is. You know, for before every start. Um, you know, a good example. You know, I made a start in New York against uh, the Yankees, who are in town today, and and I gave up five runs, and I still went seven, and and I still wanted to continue to be in that ball game. I didn't want any bullpen guy to come in that day because I felt like it was my responsibility to take. Uh, the accountability of what I had given up that day, and I wanted to be the person that uh, at least went eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's just it, it's just always been in me. It's always been that thing that's uh, maybe it's just a traditional the traditional coaching I was given when I was a young player is whatever whenever you're given the ball, it's it's your game to finish. And um, so I I try to try to bring the reliever out in me when I'm in the sixth and seventh. So that's why you probably see the uptick in velo every once in a while. <laughs> well, you know, the, the thing that I don't like, it's like it's like all of a sudden 
you know, it's okay that a guy gives up some runs as a starting pitcher. That's going to happen. Not everybody's going to be perfect. To me, what even if you do give up some runs, the fact that you can go deeper in the game and how that helps out everything. It helps out the bullpen for the next couple of days. Right. I mean, you're doing a service to yourself, to your team. Uh, I like being able to go deep, but I like how you have that mentality. And what I've been saying, you know, because on this show is a little different than on the post-game show. On the post-game show about you, I've been saying, listen, he is in his prime. You are right in the middle of, we say, an athletic prime. It doesn't matter if we were talking about you're an NBA guy, a hockey guy, golfer, tennis player, baseball. You as a athlete, a male at this age, you are in your – this is the best you're going to be. You're in your prime. Let the yeah. big dog go. Yeah, you know, and but, you know, I'm still I'm still young in, in a lot of other people's eyes. And so I think there may be some protection there that – that you know may not be said and and you know I want to be I want to be pitching every day so you know if, if I'm saving bullets for the next outing so be it that's another opportunity to go to go nine that day um, and so that's kind of just how I take it I kind of just roll it into the next outing so you know I saved I saved eight pitches based on the hundred hundred pitch pitch count so we'll we'll roll that in. We'll we'll roll those eight pitches into the into the next outing here uh, in Washington. Well, if I'm going to ask you about Langoliers, the other part of the company, Sears, we got to ask Sears and Langoliers. Um, this guy, yeah, a lot of confidence. What have you seen in this left hand? I, I I I absolutely love his work ethic. I, I love the way he goes about his business uh, every day. He he. He's kind of very similar to Logue and myself. Just attack with fastballs, um, adjust with off-speed when you need it. And I think the biggest thing for him is is that he's trusting his stuff early. Um, that's something that I didn't quite believe in when I got to the when I got to the big leagues. Is I didn't trust myself, and 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 I think that's something that he does really good. Um, and he just trusts his stuff and just trusts his abilities to get out at this level. And for a young player, for, for a guy that's been traded to another big league club, um, and to be able to put up innings the way he's doing it, um, you know, I know he was a little frustrated in his last outing not being able to be extended through the ball game, um, coming out with an early pitch count as well. You know, that's just that's part of it. You gotta you gotta take some punches. Um, and I, I think his just mentality, his work ethic, all of that is just is is he's going to be great for us um here in the future and and just what a great addition what a great trade um to have him um in this clubhouse uh, you know all the lefties we, we got quite a few of them yeah. now um you know we're all bouncing ideas off each other talking about hitters talking about lineups and it's, it's become quite fun for me you know early part of the season i was the only left-hander in the, in the rotation so it it's fun if we start talking about the future, because that's what we do here and with talk shows, yeah. we always put the cart before the horse. Always. Uh, start looking into next year. Like, we go into spring training. Like, if this was Mason, I'm going, okay, you, Blackburn, Cap, Sears, mm -hmm. and then a whole group of guys battling for number five. And plus, you never use just five guys. I mean, aren't we really talking about a, a legit – Starting rotation that can compete every five days. I mean, we got. I mean, some of those guys can filter into the bullpen too. I mean, our, our bullpen's been great all season. Um, you know, they've had their hiccups just as much as the rotation has. And I, <laughs> you know, it, it's we got we got ten, eleven starters. How however many we got on our forty-man roster that 
are competing and and want the ball every fifth day and and you know what that just brings uh the competition up in in all of us um striving us for get to to be better to to be our best selves and um you know come out every day and bring it and that's that's what competition does and that's what's fun about it so i mean looking looking ahead yeah it's exciting it's it's very exciting for for oakland a's baseball and looking ahead for you you have one of the best eras in the american leagues it's still the best home cody is he still best home i haven't looked but i'm pretty sure it is you have one you're either the best home era or you're one of them so for you what do you want to see from you keep it rolling is there something you want to work out work on down the stretch what about you for the rest uh, i mean of the season? just just keep these consistent starts rolling getting getting deep into ball games um giving our team a chance to win i think the more we win going into the end of the season the more uh the happier we're going to be coming into spring training the next season because when you win together uh when you win together that's how the culture is formed and so it's, it's important that we win as many games as we can uh, coming down this stretch here and and just learning how to do it as a group and and we got such a young group here um, that I think it's uh, the more we can get wins the more we can take some series uh, it's just going to add to the motivation for next season to come out and and know that we can we can play and perform together um, at this level I don't know if you know this but I do a post-game show after where I got to talk to the fans, and talking to them is a lot easier when you win than when you lose. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's so no different. No different from you know me talking to the media after after games when we lose. It's it's not it's not easy, but uh, you know it's it's part of the game. It's part of the transition that we're in. But we all want to win. We 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 hate losing, and uh, you know we're 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 having fun here right now. Um, you know, yesterday was a good win for us coming into this series and it's a big series for us uh as a as a young group to put you know potentially you know win a win a big series against a, a good club all right two things non-baseball nbc sports california they did a thing on there was a mullet competition it was national mullet day and then they did you know they threw your hair on there and asked whether it's a mullet or not i say no that to me to me what you got is just gloriness coming out of the back of your hat well, i don't view it as a mullet. this isn't this isn't in mullet form right now like when i when i actually go out to the like field take the field and my hair is like wet and slicked back underneath the hat oh it's in pure mullet form okay but pure, this right here is not no this is this is just let it go this is straight out of frozen just let it go yeah you can sing it. Let it go. I, I have not. <laughs> trust me. I, I have. I, I'll say. I'll save that for the team bus. I, I have twin girls. I have every Disney princess movie you possibly <laughs> could want. Uh, and then number two, number two, and probably the most important. Are we ready for football season? Let's oh, go. Oh, I can't wait for. What football do we got season. the Ducks? I mean, as long as you're still in the Pac-12, what do we got? Well, look, we're gonna we're gonna go win the Pac-12 championship, and that's gonna be about the, it this year. I mean, that's kind of how we do things <laughs> up there in Eugene. It might be. <laughs> hey, it might be. In all seriousness, these next couple Rose Bowls will be the last of what we have known. They've played, what, over 100 Rose Bowls. Yeah, it's, it's This gonna is going to be the end of what we really know of the traditional I, I, Rose Bowl. Yeah, I hate So you might as well win one of these. Yeah, I, I would love to see us in a Rose Bowl game, especially with, you know, SC and, and, and UCLA, you know, leaving the Pac-12 conference. So, but, yeah, no, I'm excited for football season. Uh, we got a big fantasy football draft coming up here soon. Um, I'm excited for – 
for college football. Saturdays are my day, as you guys know. That's I'm I'm really looking forward to Saturdays. So. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Do you try and pair anything with the what Oregon is going to be wearing on the field since you guys have like 8,000 different uniforms? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to give myself a little better effort at getting some more duck gear for Saturdays when we're finishing out the year here. Please do. Let's yeah, see so, you represent. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do them better because they tell the fans what they're wearing on Saturdays. So I should, I should probably jump in on that trend out here on the field on Saturdays, too. I like speaking for us, by the way. That was fun. <laughs> he didn't say it. I said it. I said it. All him. All you. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Hey, A's fans. Check out Longport Fish Company, an exciting new chef-driven seafood restaurant located in the Veranda Shopping Center in Concord. Longport features the highest quality lobsters, oysters, king salmon, flavorful chipino, and much, much more. It features a full bar of craft cocktails, local brews, and a curated wine list. Longport Fish Company is for all occasions, too. Date night, business meetings, catching an A's game at the bar, or bringing the whole family. Check us out at longportfc.com, on Yelp, and on all social media. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. What a busy show today. Just rolling them off. Ken Korak, Cole Irvin, the great Josh Donaldson. This has been fantastic. Marley Rivera from ESPN, who covers the Yankees and covers baseball nationally, is going to stop by. When did we have our last, Commander? Was that last year or the year before that? It was last year while we were down here. Uh, funny, the last time we had her, the guest we had on before her, Billy Bean. Really? Remember we had Billy down here on the field for like, what, 40 minutes? Yeah. And then Marley came on after him. Billy Bean will be joining us tomorrow as we'll be reminiscing about the 2002 Oakland Athletics. Kind, well, of, a, kind of an important year they – Wrote this little book and did a little movie about it. I don't know. I also know Scott Hatterberger's reason why they won all those games. Fact. Hatterberg, I, how, Hatterberg, how, if you watch the movie, I don't know how Hatterberg didn't win the MVP. Uh, and yeah. the Cy Young. Yeah. And Chris Pratt should have won an Emmy for how he portrayed Scott Hatterberg in the movie. I mean, uh, that was just – that was great stuff. And we love Scott Hatterberg. I mean, he's a friend of the program. He's been on numerous times. We haven't talked to him in a long time, though. Where has he been? Uh, isn't he? St- I think he still works for the organization. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have him. Uh, I think he's going to be here this weekend. If we don't get him, if, if for some reason he's too busy this weekend, the the anniversary of the twenty game winning streak is actually September fourth, two thousand two. So it'll be twenty years exactly. But it's like an off day or a weekend for us. We'll get him for sure before that date. When's the thing that I have to do? Is that Sunday? Well, the thing with the the thing the with team. the that's on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. I think it's from ten to eleven, and then we can talk to the guys from eleven to like. 11.45 down here. My wife was like, said something, and I was like, what day is it? Because, like, all these, we've done, we've done, we've done 17 straight days. So, it's like, 
I keep looking around because I'm waiting for Lou Trevino. Lou Trevino may be stopping by just the way Josh Donaldson is. With the Yankee players, um, they were just, you know, we're not going through PR for the Yankees. We're going through our personal contacts yeah. and text them. So who knows when they're going to be able to show up. We will have Lou Trevino. Um, didn't have a lot of time yesterday because we didn't have the show to talk about the schedules are out for next year. And already – Old man River out there is uh, very upset about how we're going to have less games in division. And just thinking about that alone, because you can't, you, you could portray this as, oh my God, we're not going to be playing our rivals. Oh my God. Who the hell's our rival? We don't have one. And don't tell me Houston. Who is the rival in the American League West? There isn't one. You mean Seattle and Texas don't have a major rivalry? Uh, no. You're telling you me. You mean Anaheim and Houston don't have a major rivalry? I mean, Houston and the Rangers aren't even a rival. Can they you play even the same name state. me a rivalry other than we get forced Red Sox Yankees down our damn throats every year? In the American so, League? So, by the way, less Yankee Red Sox, I sign off on that any day of the week. Uh, if you're talking about rivalries in the American League, that's the only one. National League, you could say Giants, Dodgers, and Cubs. Is Cardinals. that even a rivalry? The Dodgers have been whooping their yeah. ass for years. And then the, Cub- the Cardinals. Have been. I mean, they Cubs. Cubs aren't. Cubs are in a rebuild. So is that what? Now I understand. Cubs Cardinals is a great rivalry. Giants Dodgers is a great rivalry. We're having some fun. By the way, one of the greatest um, things that I've ever seen is spring training. I'm in an Uber, and I'm pulling in, pulling into Sloan Park there in Mesa. A's are taking on the Cubs, and on the corner was a a vendor selling Cubs stuff for spring training, and they have all these different shirts. They were just blue shirts and white lettering with different stuff ripping St. Louis. Of course. Just ripping St. I mean, just it was just harsh. Just little, little sayings digging into basically calling St. Louis a hick town. And I went, that's good stuff. That's a rivalry. Even though – uh, St. Louis as a baseball team versus the Chicago Cubs. Can't compare the cities. Chicago versus St. Louis, there's no comparison. But there's no comparison between the franchises. One franchises, it's nothing but championships and Hall of Famers. The other franchise played a bunch of day games and stink. Yeah, they're not very good. No I mean, offense, Ryan Sandberg, Fergie Jenkins, Ernie Banks, Billy Williams and those guys. But, yes, you stink. Yeah, they're not, they're not good now either. And that's so that right. Like when you think of rivalries, you think of those three. Like Dodgers, Angels isn't a rivalry. Sorry. Give me the Mets, rivalry. Yankees Give is not me one. the right. So for all these old man River that hate that everybody's gonna play to everybody, and I hate the schedule. Name me the AL Central rivalry that we're gonna get less games. Oh my God! If I get less Royals Twins, that changes my life. Yeah, I don't know how you can live. No, it's down. It was 19 games versus each team. Now it's 13. You play in your division. So Do I get less White Sox against Twins? Uh, oh, no. Yeah, that's what everyone wants to see. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone on either team that's a revenge series. But, no. But, yeah, there's no one in the American League besides Yankees, Red Sox that were forced. And that's 13 games now we're only have to see them. So, 13 times we'll see them play on ESPN less next Sunday year. Night, less <laughs> Sunday night baseball, four-hour marathons. It, 
So I don't have to watch it Friday night on MLB Network, Saturday on Fox Game of the Week, Sunday night baseball, four-hour games. If you give me any schedule that gets Yankees, Red Sox less thrown down my throat, I love it. I will say I still think we're going to get Yankees-Red Sox at least nine times on national TV next year. They may keep, they may just boost Yankee-Red Sox to 30 games a year. It was Ken Korak, by the way, who made this point. It's a very good point on the broadcast. And, Ken, if you're listening, text me. I don't know when it was. But Ken said it. He goes, you know, there's going to be a big problem with weather. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what do you do? So – uh, you go somewhere for two games, and it gets rained out. Yeah, then what do you do? The series, if it's I a three-game three, three, three set, what do you do? Fly back there uh, on an off day like we've been doing with what, games right now? play three games on an off day? Oh, no, if, uh, if you're saying if you play two games and you're playing a three-game set. You're going to just fly in an off day doubleheader and then yeah. fly out after a doubleheader? Yeah. It, what it, if it's three games? I mean, what I I don't know. So or, well, how will all the games be? Interleague games. They're still considered interleague, I believe. I mean, are they all two-game sets? No, there's no more two-game sets. It's either three or four, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so what happens if you have three of the four rained out or two of the four rained out? What are you going to do? Uh, off days, doubleheader. Something Could be a ba- problem. Yeah, I mean, like, like look at one of the, the ones that you're – now this is one that hits home for me. The A's go on the, on the East Coast at the end of May through June, and early June they play Miami. They go to Pittsburgh, which is great. I'm trying to go back there for that. A's cast from PNC Park would be great. And then they play Milwaukee. So you're keeping the, the same time zone because Milwaukee's in the eastern time zone as well, I believe. So you're already in the east coast. That was one of the things I saw too. Well, all these teams are going to be traveling through different time zones. Seattle travels more than anybody. Okay, first of, all, first of all, if uh, – ooh, love it. Uh, first of all, if there is anybody out there that is worried about the players from a media standpoint, let me remind you that we just had a lockout where the players did nothing but bitch and complain about their piece of the pie. All right? We, we followed it. We weren't allowed to be on, and I thought it was a good move. But when we came on after that we we, we – Broke it down, I think, as good as anybody. Do I have to go back and remind you why we had a lockout? These players are complaining that they are not getting enough the piece of the pie. That's what they're saying. So if their issue is always going to be about we want more money, we want more piece of the pie. And this business can make more money by having you play in every single town. So generations of National League towns actually get to see Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Hank Aaron, Willie Mate, the greatest player, Johnny Bench, greatest players of all time. Barry Bonds, Ricky Henderson, Mike Trout, on and on and on. Aaron Judge. Shohei Otani, that every fan has a chance to see the great players and expand baseball and make baseball better and make baseball more money because that's all you guys care about. 
if that's the case, I do not want ESPN. I don't want The Athletic. I don't want anybody. Oh, what about the players' travel? Shut up. You want less money? You want less piece of the pie? We'll figure out ways to have less games, less travel, and accommodate that. But if you want max money and you want the biggest piece of the pie that you can get of a business you do not own, you have none of the risk. Players have none of the risk. You have guaranteed contracts. You have none of the risk of this business. And you want max piece of the pie, keep your mouth shut about travel. Nobody wants to hear it. And why people in the media would even care about players and travel. Why would you care? It doesn't affect you. I don't know why you're bringing it up. You really don't care about the players anyway. You really care about them getting on a luxury jet, traveling to the next time zone to stay in a luxury hotel. You really think it's that hard to travel in luxury and stay at the Four Seasons and have a bus take you onto the tarmac onto a premier jet and fly you right to the next city? It's not that tough. And if they want max dollars with everything, now from when they come up to the end of their career, they go on to get as much as they possibly can. We don't want to hear you talk about travel. Stop. You travel in luxury and you get paid handsomely for it. Where we tell you to, where we tell you to show up, show up, put your uniform on, play hard, and entertain people. That's your job. Boom. Uh, I, th- I want to say one of the first people I saw a tweet about it was Jason Stark talking about the Phillies travel and how they have to go to like to eat the West time zone like two or three or four times this year. The majority of the year. year you stay in the same time zone. Yeah, I think the Mets only leave the they come to the West Coast twice or come like change the to- uh, the West Coast times Pacific time zone twice. How many times is the how many times this year have the A's already gone to the East Coast? Falls on deaf ears. I'll take you to another sport. It was a couple years ago, a Jets player said something. The New York Jets did not leave the Eastern time zone for all 16 games. And they said to this player, what the hell are you talking about? You never went to the Central time zone. You never played out West. I don't know what year. It's like three, four years ago. The New York Jets never left the East Coast. Don't complain. What are you talking about? What You got – look. Do you think the Yankees will all tell you right now, coming out here, oh, no humidity, you're out in Oakland, it's going to be nice here today during BP, it's going to be awesome during uh, the night because it's not hot. You think they're bummed about staying in the St. Francis Hotel in San Francisco and then they're going to stay at the Ritz-Carlton, Dana Point, Anaheim? Oh, that's really tough, playing in the Bay Area and then in Southern California. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, I'm thinking of how the Jets And, oh, by the way, expanded playoffs, how about this? After nearly five months of baseball, 18 teams are either in possession of a slot or within seven games of a playoff spot. I think the extra playoffs is working, too. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people I saw in that same article. I was talking about how, well, there's not not an incentive for teams. What do you mean there's not an incentive? There's more teams getting the playoffs. That's, That's an incentive enough. If you're what, what? Because we're worried, we're worried that a team to under 500 make the playoffs. The Astros almost went to the World Series, being under 500 in the 2020 hey, year. You know what? You're right. Let's go back to how baseball used to be. Let's go to baseball. So you just have one winner in the American League and one winner in the National League. Do you realize if that was the case, 
that the Astros would be leading the Yankees and everybody else would be out. There would only be two teams in it right now for the American League. And in the National League, you would have the Dodgers on top of the Bra- of the uh, Mets and the Braves. And pretty much everybody else, see you later. You'd only have, if we go, if you want a traditionalist and I'm a purist, you're a moron. But you want to go back to that? You'd only have two teams in the American League. Everybody else would be playing for nothing right now. And in the National League, you'd have five teams. Everybody else really not playing for anything. You want to go back to that? That's exciting. That really, you, you, you view that as exciting? No. I like the way it is now. Right now, if the playoffs started right now, Astros and Dodgers will get a bye. Yankees will get a bye. The Mets will get a bye. So it'll be Mariners at Guardians, which we're playing right now. Actually, the, who ended up winning that game? Uh, I can't see. Big Lou Trevino. Uh, Seattle's up. Seattle won 3-1. So there you go. That would be a series. Then you would have Padres Cardinals. Well, I don't see Padres even get in. Sorry, Bob. I'm taking shots at you, but your team's falling apart. Time for you to give up for for, for PSAC legend. I'll give it up. PSAC greatness for PSAC greatness. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, Lou Trevino's back. Are we live right now? We're live right now. Oh, nice. Sit down. Have a seat. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm just. I need to adjust to what you looked like when you were a kid with no beard. Uh, I definitely lost whatever attractiveness I had. It's it's gone. <laughs> what was that? What was it like when you shaved it and you looked in the mirror? It was disgusting. I forgot. I realized I had no uh, no chin. You know, it goes mouth, neck, no jawline. So it really uh, the beard hit it. But you know, it is what it is. You know, I was thinking about this, and you may not remember, but it was right before you got traded. We didn't we we had no idea what was going to happen, right? And I was late coming down the steps. You were coming up the steps. Normally, Lou, what's up? How's it? You know, there's a conversation. I was like, Lou, how you doing? And I kept going, and then you got traded. I went, oh my god, I felt so bad, and I didn't get to say like, Lou, what's up? And the next, you know, you were gone. That was rough. I mean, for a lot of fans and everything, you you, uh, you leaving. I mean, what you meant to this to this team. I know what it meant to you. It couldn't have been easy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I let <laughs> I let the fans down a little bit this year with leaving with a six. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but um, but no, it's been the, the years that I've been here, the friendships that I've been able to to have, uh, not only with the front office teammates. I mean, I've been able to meet a lot of fans like. It's it's definitely different to be in another another uniform playing for another team in another city, um, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss Oakland. I'm I'm gonna miss all of it. Well, I'm happy for you because yeah, there are times a reset's great, right? You you go somewhere and now now you're not worried. You're not trying to get everything back in one outing. Now you can get back to being yourself. Have you felt like that in New York? Yeah, I've. Uh, Ironically enough, I, I feel I feel great. Um, I've been as the more I throw, I feel like the better I, I've I've been getting. You know, they've uh, they've had a few tips for me, and and I feel like like, like my old self, like 2018-19 Lou. Um, you know, I feel like uh, I'm 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 getting the cutter back, which was my pitch that used to be my bread and butter. In the last two three years, I've lost it, and and they've they've been able to show me a, a few things to get that back, and 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 I, I've been feeling better and better. Um, and you know it's nice to um, it's, it's nice to have have that success that I know I could have. You know it's it's nice to have that again. And past success is always huge. And I think about one of the greatest moments of your career 
because your family was there, the wild card game, you stepped up huge at Yankee Stadium. How much could you call on that moment for when you got traded and you went out there and started pitching for the Yankees? Uh, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely good to have that success there. You know, it is a smaller bar ballpark. It's very hitter friendly. And, and at times, especially with the crowd, you know, it's, it's easy to get out of it. But uh, to be able to have the success that I've had at Yankee Stadium, you know, it's, it's a good um, uh, reminder of how, how good you can be, you know, once you go there. And, and, and I've enjoyed it so far. It's been, it's been awesome. When you stand on the mound and you look out at right field, you just like just go, really? It's that, it's that short? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fly ball, you kind of hold your breath. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's – I mean, it's like a sandwich to get it out of there. It's nothing. Yeah, I mean, how I feel is how hitters feel when they come here. When they look at all the foul ground, they're like, "Are you kidding me? This is this is in play right here." Yeah, yeah. You know, so every every stadium has their has their advantages and, and disadvantages. Um, but you know, I, I I couldn't be I couldn't be more thankful and blessed to to have had had the career that I had here, and and also to to start start my, uh, my the next chapter with with the Yankees. You know, I I think about you guys coming here, and you know, we were just talking about you know, no one wants to hear people complaining about traveling and stuff like that. You guys travel in such such luxury, but I was talking about for East Coast teams, they love coming out here because you don't have humidity. You can come out and have batting practice, and it's the nice weather. Have guys talked about that since you guys have arrived? Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's it's beautiful out here. You know, California has probably one of, if not the best, weather in, in all the United States. I mean it's it's beautiful year round. Uh, I think the biggest challenge is as an East Coast team is coming out here, then having to go back and 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 being on on short sleep. You know, you get your sleep, sleep yeah. cycles kind of switch. So you know when when you're here in the West Coast, it's easy. You know, you know you only have a week out there, and when you go back, you're gonna be fine. But when you go back there and it's three o'clock and it feels like twelve. You know, sometimes that can be tough, especially playing day games. But, um, yeah, it, it is, it's nice to not have to deal with the humidity, the sweating. Uh, like, you know, we had our first rain delay. I haven't had a rain delay in, I feel like, years, <laughs> you know. So I, I can I could count on one hand the yeah. amount of times it rained here, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's just been perfect weather all the time. So it's, it's definitely an adjustment, but, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, we were asking Josh Donaldson this, and obviously it's been a while since J.D. played here. But, you know, when you think about – your time here you pitched in some big games some real big games have you had any time just kind of reflect on your career with the athletics oh yeah absolutely I feel like I I reflect on all the time but there's a I feel like and I could be wrong here and maybe ask me in 10 years it'll be a different answer but when you start reflecting on something that you're currently doing you kind of get stuck in the past you know what I'm saying yeah there's um it's, it's nice to think about, you know, I mean, if you step back and, and the, the fact that God's blessed me with the job to play a little, little league game, you know, essentially, that, that's what I get to do for, for a living. But if you get stuck on that, you kind of you lose that edge. You're always, you know, I mean, that's kind of how life is. You know, you, you kind of, you, you got you to gotta look for, for the next thing, although you, take, you do take a step back and you enjoy it. But I feel like I, I won't have the time necessarily to, to really step back and look at it until, until my career is over because now I'm focused on, Focus on the next thing, you know. Focus on, you know, hopefully win a World Series with, with the Yankees. So it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, maybe I have a different answer in, in, in ten years when my career's over. Hopefully, it's twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, I'm retired and you're still playing. Yeah, that'd be something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I have to think the big winners beyond just you has to be 
like your dad and your mom. Oh, yeah. They don't have to stay up late anymore. They can actually watch games at a normal time. Just how to have their son back on the East Coast, not staying up late has to be huge for them. My, my family and my dad in particular have been super giddy, you know, like yeah. you don't have to stay up till one o'clock because that's when I pitch one o'clock. All right. My mom's usually asleep. My dad's all right, hon, hon, get up, get up, you know, and my grandparents are able to go to sleep at a, a decent time now. But, you know, it's nice to be able to be home. And if I want to, you know, I live two hours from, from uh, New York City. So if I wanted to, I could just go home and, and see everyone. I have a little niece that, and a little nephew. That, you know, I haven't seen them in, you know, ever since I left for, for the season. So it's nice to be that close. And I know with my, my parents, um, they were able to see my, my Yankees debut. Yeah, and we was, saw it. It was great. You yeah. Got to, yeah. yeah, I mean, we got to work on the handshake a little bit, but uh, – um, but yeah, it was it was it was good. It's 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 nice to be back on the East Coast. Nice to be close to family, and it's it's been a real blessing. I mean, not to talk too personally about it, but you've moved to Florida. Yeah. And you know you have your life there now, and you'll train in Florida. Will make it a lot easier for you. A lot easier, and I don't have to worry about shipping anything. You know, you just make the drive from from uh, from the east side to the west side two hours, three hours, whatever it is. It, you know, it makes it definitely makes things easy. Um, but you know, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss Arizona. I'm going to miss, I miss it here. You know, again, I, I can't, I can't begin to thank the A's enough for, for, for the years that, that they've, they've given me. I feel like there's, there's at times where I know I'm, I'm sure if you're a fan, you're like, what, what the heck's this guy still doing up here? Especially some, at certain points this year, but to have the A's believe in me, um, you know, the, the teammates have been, <laughs> Talking about the lack of a beard, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, just to, to to meet the people that I've met, you know, I, I again, I know I've said this a lot, but I, I really couldn't be more blessed. You know, God's blessed me beyond what I deserve. So I'm I'm so thankful just to 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 be able to to be able to come back, and it's nice to be able to come back here, not years later. You know, I I feel I was just here three weeks ago. Yeah. You know, so it's good to see everyone again, and yeah, it's just it's it's been it's been fun. Well, you're grateful. It's what makes you a really good guy, and that's why we've always appreciated uh, you coming on this show. And you're real honest. There were some struggles, and you've always owned up to it. You know, some people shy from it. You don't, and I think that's going to help you in New York and throughout the rest of your career. Because you know, when you get in in a big meteor market. They're, if you ever do bad, they're going to ask you about it. you got to well, be a I'll man about it. Well, I'll never do bad. What are you talking about? No, I'll, never, I'll never struggle. Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> you will just be – you're Mariano Rivera, and you're in the next – Exactly. Th- you got the cutter back. Exactly. Is that, by the way, just from, you know, getting into it, when they start giving you suggestions – because obviously when they traded for you, they said, we're going to take him and we're going to try this. Mm-hmm. When you started doing those changes, were you like – Wow, I didn't think about that, or why didn't I think about that? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's interesting how I guess I've never had you know I've always had one pr- perspective. I've been with the A's for years, you know. Yeah. I've been training where I've trained for years, and I've never got different perspectives on things. So to get another perspective and and thinking uh, different thoughts when it comes to not only pitching but the, you know mechanics, whether whatever it is. You know, I, I got a different perspective, and like I said, I've been feeling better and better and better. So it's nice, you know, I've always known what, what I'm capable of doing. I showed that in 2018 and 19. I'm not saying I had a bad year. Last year I thought I had a pretty good year, but it wasn't up to, you know, my standard. You know, I, I have a tough time accepting me- mediocrity. I guess that's why I've all, I'm always trying to get better and better. But um, and I, I feel like I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm arriving to where I, I should have been for the last two, two three years. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for, for the Yankees kind of seeing, seeing the, the potential that, that I had, and, and I feel like they're, they're going to help uh, exploit it. And I know for, for Frankie Montas, he got off to a tough start, obviously, the, the family yeah. uh, problem that he had, and you feel so bad in just a rough way. Uh, last start was better and because, you know, we're rooting for you guys and would love to see you guys win. And uh, hopefully Frankie, from a mindset, is doing a little better now. Yeah, Frankie's going to be fine. Uh, it's, it's one of those things, I mean, you know, uh, from, from, a, from an outsider's perspective, I don't think you see, you see a guy just go out in the mound and just throw strikes. It's that easy. Well, he threw, what, eight innings in, in, in July. So he's been, he hasn't had the, the, the consistency when it comes to throwing. And then to throw, you know, a family loss in, in the mix, traveling all over over the place, getting traded. You know, he hasn't had that uh, uh, the re- repetition that we're used to having. You know, as a baseball player, you come out and throw, you throw every single day. You know, I know for me, in the All-Star break, four days, sometimes that feels like I haven't thrown for a month. And then I, sometimes I struggle after the All-Star break just because you're used to throwing and throwing and throwing, and all of a sudden you stop for four days. So he stopped for, I don't know, two weeks, uh, essentially, and then started throwing again. So... I, I mean, I wasn't worried about it because the guy is disgusting. He's filthy. He has some of the best stuff in all baseball. And I think last last game he kind of proved that he started to look like himself again. And and I know that, you know, as, as the year goes on, as he gets the consistency when it comes to throwing and everything else, he's going to be just as nasty, if not more, you know, coming down the stretch. Well, I can't thank you enough how good you've been to us for all these years. It's been fun to watch you grow. And what's crazy is we hate the Yankees, and now we got to root for the Yankees because of you and Frankie. It's like no, like it's like it's one thing if like Bassett gets traded to the Mets. Who cares? It's the Mets, right? You get you went to the Yankees, but we got to root for it. I can't tell you how many people have told me that. They're like, you went to the evil empire. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm happy to be here. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pennsylvania people don't love New York. No, as uh, as growing up a Phillies fan, when they beat us in 2019, like that really stung you know but uh no it's it's yeah it's 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 awesome I, again I, I can't beyond thankful no hey listen thank you for everything of course we'll be rooting for you yeah we'll be rooting for you that's gonna do it for we're gonna end ace cast live today with the great lou trevino how about that <laughs> say goodbye to ace fans see you guys thanks for everything coming up next we got A's total access brought to you by chevron the Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.